Business Trade Entrepreneur, the show for business owners by business owners. I'm your host, David Sudworth, and welcome to this week's show. Thank you once again for joining me on the Trade Entrepreneur podcast. Had a bit of a busy few weeks, basically. Um, it's been just manic uh, with work, uh, the sweeping side. It's just gone crazy. It really has. Um, very long days, uh, very packed days. I got our sweeping teams out. And it's just, it's been, I don't think, I, I knew it was going to be a busy season, this season for chimney sweeping, and inspecting and testing. What I didn't realise was how full on it would be for such a sustained period of time. Um, and at this point in the game, which is, heading towards mid-October I'm so glad it's not just me on my own <laughs> because I'd just be I'd be literally every morning just pulling my head uh, below the duvet and thinking I just don't want to go out today because it's really full on with inquiries and dealing with um, emails and messages and phone calls and uh, if, if it was me by myself I would literally be booked up now till probably about March time it would just be ridiculous luckily because there's more than one of us we can get to customers a lot lot quicker um which is good it's great for customer service because obviously we can get to people a lot quicker than it would be it was just me by myself um and also i wouldn't have the the stress of feeling that i'm literally losing opportunities hand over fist because i couldn't get to customers um and also i'm not getting home at the end of the day with a ton of emails and voicemails to to respond to, because obviously we've got the office now to to do that, and I'm just so 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 grateful that I made that decision around eighteen months ago to expand the business because I, I'd have been I'd have been turned my hair out. I really would have been. Um, so it's been a very busy few weeks for that, and also obviously regular listeners will know. In the last fortnight, we've had the uh, two part interview from. Bruce Allen, um, the chief executive of HITAS, which is one of the main competent person schemes in the in the country for uh, solid fuel installation, and the the response to that interview has been really really interesting. Actually, um, what I've deduced quite quickly is there's a lot of people who don't really say much, or they don't post on social media but they they absorb a lot and i've had quite a few messages from people saying really enjoyed that interview i I actually learned a lot from that interview um and it was i mean i'm I'm very grateful as well for the kind comments i had one comment particular saying the questions you asked were were really on the money because those are the kind of things that had i been had they been op- uh, sat opposite um, Bruce, that they, they're the questions they would have asked. Um, and I think for for the chimney sweeping industry and for the solid fuel industry as a whole, I think it was a really important interview because I think uh, with a lot of these things, um, when you get a big name in, in an industry, a lot of rumours circulate and a lot of um, information is spread, some of it, accurate some of it partially accurate and some of it completely inaccurate and i think um, over the the two hours in total um i think i think bruce did 
a very good job of representing Hitas. I, I think also what I particularly liked was that we got a sense of the kind of person he is in terms of what motivates him, um, how he's clearly very business minded, but he's also I think he's also very self a self aware person in, in terms of. Uh, you know his strengths and weaknesses as a as a leader, and I think that's quite nice. Um, you know the the truth of the matter is, um, I went down to Gloucestershire and I spent the best part of a the day there, and I really we had a good chat, and there was there was no sense that this was kind of um, from my part. It certainly wasn't a grilling. You know there were questions to be asked, and and Bruce was happy to receive them, but he also talked very candidly both when we were recording and when we weren't recording as well. Um, and I just got the sense that um, it was it, it was just a, a, a great opportunity to actually meet someone in our industry and, and, uh, and, and shoot the breeze about a number of things. And I think anyone who is um, fair-minded and, and who would uh, – probably a dispassionate um, – a viewer in these things would 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 agree that it was one of those interviews that you probably go back and listen to time and time again. You get different bits out of it from a industry perspective and a business perspective. The business perspective I thought was fantastic, and um, particularly um, I loved the bit where Bruce mentioned the fact that there's some people who just need to be involved, so they need to to try and make things better. And they and he actually said, and they can't help it. And I I, I saw that. As that was me, that that said it was me. I've got this very big habit of trying to get involved with things, and some people can think that it's me trying to impose my will on people, and um, it's it certainly isn't. Obviously, I'll have a view about things, but I'm quite happy to change my views if um, if, if if the facts stack up against my previous view. Um, but but nevertheless, you, you you want to be in there and you want to try and make a difference, and you know I think one of the sad things is. That with a lot of things, and I think this involves all industries and even to a degree politics as well. I think people gen- genuinely go into things to try and make things better. I don't. I, very, I think there's very, very, very few people who do who go into something with and try to do it for the quote unquote own ends. Yes, there will be the odd one or two, but generally speaking, most people go into it into it for purely benevolent reasons. And I think that was. Yeah, I I took a lot from that part of the interview, um, and I also enjoyed the bit about you know the delegation aspect and how the bit how um, Hitas grew and how he had to kind of step away from some of the day to day stuff that he would have been involved with at the beginning. So, um, great interview, and if you haven't listened to it, I really do advise that you go and spend some time and uh, just uh, chew over what um, Bruce and I were chatting about over the course of um, a two part interview. Today's subject is is similar um, in in the sense that, uh, although from a completely different perspective, um, one about a year or so ago, um, my wife and I went away for a short break, and I was just um, in one of the local charity shops, and I always head to the book section because uh, I always find that you, you, it's almost like a jumble sale. You kind of you never know what you're going to come out with, and one of these books that that caught my eye was. It was called Business for Punks, and it's by James Watt, who is the co-founder of uh, Brewdog, the, uh, the the craft ale uh, producer. And I 
picked it up and I could always tell within probably about five seconds of looking at something whether I would uh, enjoy it or not. And I, I looked at this and I just thought, this is absolutely fantastic. Number one, it was actually quite easy to read. I'm not into very heavy texts. Um, also, the f- there's some fantastic headlines in it. Uh, and it's just a, a great book which you can dip in and out of. You don't have to literally go through it systematically. You can go in and out of it anytime you want. And, it, and the, the chapters are self-contained they're short but they're also um they mix humor with uh, some sound business advice i'm gonna over the next couple of weeks i'm gonna pick out some of my favorite chapters and, and read them to you because i think i mean i don't necessarily subscribe to everything that's in this book but i kind of i agree with the with the uh, the attitude and the, and the tone in the sense that i think if you're certainly an entrepreneur you have to have a certain degree of self-belief and the important thing, and Bruce did touch on this, it should never ever tip into arrogance. Although sometimes you, you, you can't, you can't help it or, or certainly you can't help the way some people perceive it. Um, but this book certainly is one of those, which I just think is a great, is a great read. And I would encourage you to get, get a copy because it's just, it's, it's just great. So the, um, I'm going to go through two chapters today. I'm going to go through two chapters next week. And the first chapter, and again, apology, apologies for anyone who is a of a sensitive disposition when it comes to language. But there's some some rather fruitful language in, in this in this book. Um, and the first chapter, which I thought, my God, this is a good book. It's called "Be a Selfish Bastard and Ignore Advice." <laughs> uh, and I'm just going to read you. Um, it's only it's literally only two pages but um it's very I, I i like the sentiment don't necessarily agree with all of it but i agree uh, i do like the sentiment so james writes i love ignoring advice as much as every stupid muppet loves giving it to me my advice to those my advice to those seeking advice is don't even bother advice is for freaks and clowns the thing about being driven is you need to know your own way Inevitably, when you start a business, everyone you know and everyone you don't is suddenly an all-conquering expert. Ignore them. Stick to your vision. Make your own rules. When you know where you're going and how you're going to get there is up to you. Don't worry about all those know-it-all Philistines. They know nothing. Other people don't understand and they certainly don't care as much as you do. If your business stands or falls, it should do through through your decisions, not those of any faux part-time amateur business gurus. These phony practitioners will advise you to, quote-unquote, learn from your mistakes. Learning from mistakes is for losers. Trying to find solace in the fact that mistakes somehow may teach you something is stupid logic used by lesser mortals to try and justify their own inadequacies. The only thing you learn from mistakes is that you're not good enough and that you need to get better. You need to realize that, sorry, you need to realize that what you actually learn from are actually your successes. If mistakes do get made, the key thing is not wasting time by looking to learn anything from them, but being smart enough and fast enough to fix them as soon as you can. And it finishes by saying, as well as ignoring advice, you also need to be completely oblivious to the real world. The real world is not a place 
but merely an excuse, a vindication of mediocrity, a justification for not even trying. It applauds the average and it sets the bar at the same height for all. Ignore it. Give it both barrels. To you, it's dead. Cause of death, its own ineptitude. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, like I say, it's it's very, it's it's certainly. I, I can't I can't really tell if it's tongue in cheek or actually it's uh, it, it, it's been completely uh, serious. I think probably a little bit of both. There, there are a lot of um, things in that which I certainly pick pick, pick out. I think the, the one thing I would disagree on um, is the people trying to give you advice. I think you've got to be careful who you get advice from. And like I've said in previous podcasts, all advice isn't well-intentioned um, or not from a position of of knowledge. So, so for instance, um, if someone was trying to give me business advice who didn't take the time to learn about my business, learn about my industry, um, and just give me broad brush information, I'd pretty, probably pretty much... Um, I'd probably pretty much ignore it. Um, whereas if someone did take time to understand my business um, and then gave me, or could almost answer the question before I'd even asked it, I think that's when I would certainly take advice. I, I know um, Sam, our office manager, her background is accounts. And when she started 18 months ago, um, she would give a broad brush advice because she knew nothing about the company. And now she can second guess me, which is, Great, great for me because I don't have to. I don't have to uh, ask the question or think as hard. And number two, <laughs> she doesn't. She doesn't get these. Um, it makes her job ten times easier because she doesn't get me asking tons of questions when she can. She can basically tell me the answer before I even pose the question. So I wouldn't say ignore advice. I'd certainly ignore advice from people who who don't have a clue about what what they're talking about. Um, and, I, and I think. I got a lot of advice um, from people who had never run a business. So what one of the obvious things that you get told when you start up a business is, well, what if it fails? Or oh, I wouldn't do that. It's difficult to, you know, X number of businesses fail in the first year and all that business. I mean, it's completely... It, I mean that 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 well trotted out stat that you know I, I can't remember in business it is but X number of businesses fell in the first year. Well, there's a fair, there's a there's a fair few reasons for that. Um, one of them is that some of those aren't actually businesses; they're just dormant um, businesses. They're, they're not actually trading. Number two, some of them are part time gigs, so they might get beyond five years, but then then fold. They might not might not all be full time. And also, some people just go into things without doing any market research or and don't even. Have an idea of what they're doing. They don't even have a, a basic idea of, of how to of how to win business. So the, the, the assumption that you will fail or you will find it difficult because because loads of other people have it's just it is it's a it's a massive um, it's too broad brush to be taken seriously. So yes, I, I would ignore advice from people who, who who you don't believe have the the knowledge to, to impart. The the people that I take advice from are those who um under, take to, like I say take time to understand my business, but also actually run businesses themselves. There's so many people who give advice to businesses and never actually run a business. I mean one of the big things in trades is that um 
you know, one person bans giving you advice on how to expand your business or how, why, why you shouldn't expand it or, you know, the passing comments on your business. Well, I'm not being funny, but you've, you've not been in that position. So you really don't know. Um, what, one of the things I certainly get, I see a lot is people saying, uh, oh, I wouldn't take staff on. I tried it once and it was a disaster and I would, I would never do it again. It's too much hassle, too much paperwork, holidays, sick pay, all that business. Well, maybe it's just because you were a rubbish manager. Maybe you weren't cut out to be a manager. Maybe you weren't cut out to be an employer. That, that, that's, it's, you know, at the end of the day, the, the world's most successful companies employ staff. So it, it's, it doesn't follow that that, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong, Having staff has its challenges, just as working for someone has its challenges. But you know, t- to say because I tried it once and it was, wasn't for me doesn't mean to say it wouldn't be for everyone else. Um, I think anyone who takes the time to dig deeper into what your motivations are for maybe wanting to expand or um, take on staff, uh, I think that's the kind of person I would listen to. And the the next chapter is uh, I, this is. I, I really like this chapter. I really do. <laughs> it's called Get People to Hate You. <laughs> uh, I'll just I'll just read it. It starts with a quote from Winston Churchill, uh, which says that having enemies is a good thing. It proves that you've stood up for something sometime in your life. And this is what uh, James Watt has to say about um, getting people to hate you. <laughs> You need to get incumbent companies, competitors, random people, and in our case, regulatory bodies to completely hate you. If you can't easily achieve this, then you can't be successful. Never be about trying to keep everyone happy. Delight in polarising opinion. All iconoclasts do it. The Sex Pistols never set out to keep everyone happy, nor should you. Punk was never meant to be for everyone, except that you will make enemies as you gain fans and that this is vastly superior to being so bland that you exist in constant obscurity. Hardcore fans are better than average Joe customers. As long as you do something you absolutely love, as long as you do something which is underpinned by an all-encompassing and fanatical passion, then you need to be able to not give a damn what anyone thinks. Forget those bland, indifferent Philistines. And then he goes on to um, recount the story. After Brewdog had been going for around two years, the media picked up and reported our excellent growth in trading figures. And as you can imagine, not everyone liked this, particularly the more established brewers. By their own archaic yardsticks and decidedly average stand- standards, they couldn't understand our meteoric rise. Desperate men do desperate things. Stupid men do stupid things. One bunch of desperately stupid Scottish brewers concocted a document that basically called us lies and cheats. It cited that we had simply made our sales and growth figures up. To add fuel to the libel, the chairman of Innes and Gunner, a Scottish beer company, Mr Sharp, made a statement, and I quote, It's a well-known fact that Brewdog falsify their accounts. They are widely seen as a laughingstock of the brewing industry, like an anorak with nay knickers, because obviously Scottish. And he goes back to saying, I'd personally like to thank Mr. Sharp. I had this quote pinned up on my office for, the, for, for two years. I looked at it every morning and it motivated me to redouble my efforts. 
pretty much all you need to do for people to hate you is to be successful doing something that you love. As soon as your little business starts to show signs of flourishing, some peeps will love and support you, while others will vehemently despise you with every cell of their bodies. Your success will only serve to heighten the haters' sense of their own inadequacies. Trapped in a dead-end job, never having the balls to take a risk, the hater takes great delight and pitiful comfort in hating those who are having fun doing something they love. There are many losers in this life whose sole purpose is to knock you. These line-towing corporate swine don't want you to be successful. They are frightened and threatened by the new. Clinging desperately to the status quo to justify their lack of vision, they are human sheep destined to walk, to talk, and to sleep with the sheep. Dystopian shadow puppets on a mission to take everything down to the callously indifferent mediocre level. This is good though. It's a sign that you're on the right track. Haters have an important role to play, a higher purpose to serve. They help to define your mission and your brand to others. When your fans willingly leap to your defence, their bond with your company strengthened, helping you to build enduring connections with people who matter most. And when you manage to get to the holy grail of employing of other businesses copying you, Whilst others are hating you, you know you have hit a home run. So love your haters. For those, for without these weasels, you would not have built the army of love. This can be a little disconcerting at first. So bask in the realisation that if you're not actually killing it, their misguided, naive and evil intentions would be directed elsewhere. Not going to haters, then you need to up your game and try a little harder. I quite like that. <laughs> I mean... I know a lot of business owners um, who are very successful, but they do keep a very low profile. And I think one of the reasons is that they they really do worry that they will get stones chucked at them and they will get the the haters. My own view is that if you're a business owner, you really do need to leave from the front. Um, and because I think if if you're doing something which comes naturally to you, and other people don't like it, then that's pretty tough, really, isn't it? Um, I would much rather do something I enjoy and, and be, you know, laughed at or or criticised for it than than doing what everyone else thinks is acceptable uh, and not particularly enjoying it in enjoying myself in the process. I mean, luckily, we have a lot of people who are, who are very supportive of of what we do on a on a personal level, um, on a on a business level, and. And that's great. We, we, you know, you, you do see the odd criticism, but like I say, is it, is it from people who that I would willingly take advice from? Um, nine times out of ten, not. The, the, I mean, don't get me wrong. There is actually sometimes some truth in criticism, and I think you can actually learn a lot from criticism. I think, I think, like I said in previous podcasts, you have to, you have to kind of almost be grateful for it in a way because it's giving you feedback on your company so as business owners we're always programmed to lap up the the positive stuff but i think sometimes negative stuff or the stuff which isn't necessarily gushing with praise can can really help you um hone your skills and your service and make and, and, and make and make you better kind of goes against what you were saying about not learning from from learning from mistakes it's not so much mistakes but you can you can certainly modify things because someone's pointed something out and you know it's very easy to be in a business doing things day to day and you don't actually see some things which are right in front of you because 
we all of us are all of us have blinkers on from time to time. We and we all kind of get laser focused on what we're doing, and we don't necessarily see something which uh, to other people is as clear as day. But I, I, I kind of I do I do agree with the sentiment. I, I think you look at all the all all successful people; they have their detractors. And they have people who just hate on them for no particular reason, but you know, I, th- I think that 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 goes with the territory. And I, I think if 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 you're getting that as a business owner, then you kind of you know it's it can be quite disconcerting. But I think you've also got to take it that well, people are recognising you, people are they are watching you, and they are they are consuming your content. They're looking at what you're saying, looking at what you're doing. You know, and as I've said in the past, that's what fans do. So actually, they're just fans, really. <laughs> they're not, you know, they, they, they might they might think that they're um, they're being uh, the the haters or whatever. But you know, I mean, to me, anyone who takes a, an interest in your company, anyone who who talks about it, that's um, that's a win because, like Oscar Wilde said, the one of the the worst things it's much worse to be um, not talked about than talked about. So that's the kind of thing I. Uh, uh, view that's the kind of view that I subscribe to. So those those are the first two um, chapters I want to go through on business for punks. Um, next next week we'll be looking at another two uh, chapters. But basically, um, in the meantime, if you've got a chance to go out and buy the book, then then I would certainly um, advise you to go ahead and do it. You probably won't find it in a charity shop like I did, but it's um, I, I think it's about a tenner and it's uh, published by Penguin Business and it's called Business for Punks by James Watt. So if you can grab a copy, please do. And maybe we can have a read through on the next, uh, on the next podcast. But uh, if you don't, then uh, you wait to hear next week from the next installment. So that's all for this week. Have a great week. Like I say, it's very, very busy and uh, I'm finding time to do these podcasts. It's always at the moment, a bit of a last minute thing, but uh, I'm always trying to, uh, get at least one a week done uh, certainly for the next f- few weeks and next year we might have a review and see see how we go forward but once again thanks for joining me on Trade Entrepreneur Podcast have a great week and we'll see you all again very soon <laughs>